that you what you while we're being bag. transparent every time i see the brown bag graphic on the screen the first thing i visualize is a potato i don't know why <laughs> i can see but that I'm like why is darren putting a potato up on the screen again and right now as we're speaking about it i can guarantee you there are eyes and a mouth and a nose like a mr potato head popping up on the bag <laughs> it's time for the brew and shavers sports podcast It's Thanksgiving week, and it's a great week for football, but it's a great week to spend time with family and friends. And as the old saying goes, to count your many blessings, we are indeed blessed. And here at the show, Darren and I have thought about this week, what is it that we are, we're thankful for this year? And we wanted to, to start off the show by talking about that and hope that you are thinking about what you are most thankful for this year as well, because... Thanksgiving is about having an attitude of gratitude, something that we can all cultivate. So, Darren, what are you thankful for this year? You know, number one, I just want to say that that Thanksgiving is my, a lot of people love Christmas and I love everything that Christmas stands for, uh, you know, and being able to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But as far as like holidays and what goes into it and everything, uh, just from a, a family perspective, Thanksgiving's my, my favorite because it's just nothing but family getting together and having a good time. You know, all of the other stuff and, and the, the gifts and sometimes the getting away of what the reality, what the real, what Christmas is really about. None of that's, that's present. So I, I love Thanksgiving, but I, I, with that being said, also, um, we've had some family conversations about what we're thankful for. And I actually have a a niece that, that lives in, in North Carolina. And, and she told us um, in the process of, of talking about getting a new puppy, that the things in life that she's most thankful for is family, having fun, uh, puppies, and Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? I got to tell you, I think that really does kind of sum it up. Family, having fun, puppies, and Jesus. That's, that's some pretty awesome things to be thankful for. So I, I want to use what Lily had to say. I think that's my thankful for this year. <laughs> how about you? <laughs> I, I think Lily hit it on the head. And how can you improve on yep. that list of things for which to be thankful? <laughs> it's a pretty good list. It, it <laughs> and on a lesser note, as much as we love to talk about football, we realize that football is not life and death. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I might That might be breaking right. some some uh, news to a few listeners out there not to be offensive right <laughs> we are passionate about our teams and our leagues and and that's all great but at the end of the day football is a game and it's not mm -hmm. it's not nearly as important as a lot of things in our life so this year focus on the things that are truly important like darren mentioned those are, that's a great list and uh, we hope that all of you will have a, a happy happy thanksgiving Let's get right into the news of the week, the headlines. And coming out of Arkansas, Arkansas Athletic Director Hunter Yurchek has said that Sam Pittman will return for another season. Big news coming out of Arkansas. We <laughs> here at the show are very happy that Sam Pittman is returning. Uh, Absolutely. He's 23 and 24 since he's taken the reins at Arkansas in 2020. But Darren, 
he's he's the kind of face you want on a program. He's an outstanding recruiter. Yep. Uh, from all everything that we've seen and heard about him, he is a man of integrity, and that's the kind of person you want leading your program. Arkansas is always going to have a tough tough go of it in the SEC because, especially now with NIL, they're not going to yeah unless unless Walmart unleashes a flood of money that they haven't yet. Right, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be tough. Or Jerry Jones, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the thing about it is, I I, I listened to uh, an actual um, over the weekend. I listened to an Arkansas uh, podcast where, where they, the person that that was the moderator of the podcast, was really kind of on board and and took the approach of, look, you got a And M looking for a coach, you got Mississippi State looking for a coach. What are you gonna do? You know, this guy has shown that as long as he puts the right coordinators in place. You know they can be successful. Just look at a couple of years ago; they had a nine-win season. So he can do it. And, and one of the other people on the podcast chimed in and said, "Well, I don't really like that caveat of he can put coordinators in place. I, I mean, you need more than that from your head coach." And I'm listening, thinking, well, "Isn't that every head coach? No matter if they've been a coordinator or not, they still need to hire good coordinators." So, and I think. You know, he, he had two really good initial hires as coordinators, obviously really whiffed on the offensive hire this time, but also at the same, on the flip side of that, did well on the defensive side. So he's he's hit three out of four of his coordinator hires. I, I don't think that's too bad as a head coach in today's uh, collegiate football or, or, you know, SEC football world. So I, I'm very, very excited and think he will make a better hire this time and, and we'll see a better season for, for, for our old buddy Sam Pittman next year. It, it, it will be, um, as you just said, uh, the importance of the coordinators. And, and I, think, I think Sam Pittman will figure it out. And I would be absolutely yep. shocked if whenever his day comes, when he leaves the sidelines at Arkansas, if he's not left that program in a better place than when he, when he found it. I completely agree. Great point. In other coaching news, not quite as positive. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan yeah. <laughs> has last week, last Thursday, in fact, the day before the hearing, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly accepted the three-game suspension. Evidently, there's been evidence that the NCAA uncovered that Michigan was not aware of, and they quickly backed out of that public hearing and accepted the three-game suspension. However, the NCAA investigation is ongoing, and there's a lot of speculation if a longer suspension is in the works and what kind of punishment will be uh, given to the Michigan football program as more evidence comes out. We're still watching this, particularly this week, with what they call the game coming up. That's right. That's right. Michigan and Ohio State. Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines Darren, where where are you with all of this right now? I know we don't cover the Big Ten very much. What are you thinking? Is is Harbaugh done at Michigan? I I think that's a very distinct possibility, uh, just simply because for the the university from top to bottom to take the strong stand that they took, for Harbaugh to publicly take the strong stand that he took. And then after they get the information that there's more information that they might not have been aware of, everybody's like, 
oh no 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 we're good yeah three games that sounds reasonable we're we're good with that there is there's something may not necessarily necessarily be the proverbial you know silver bullet but but there's obviously something in there that that they were not aware of it's also interesting that the next day when all of this is happening an assistant coach is is let go uh, I did hear some or read and, and hear some conversations, some chatter in, in different podcast conversations that uh, one of the things that uh, that there was something in there that they felt like they could pretty strongly deny. Uh, and there was enough evidence that if they denied it in a trial proceeding, even though it's not criminal, it's still a, a perjury circumstance because you're in a trial proceeding that they didn't want to run the chance of, of denying that. So whatever that is, is apparently some strong information. And if it starts to mount like that, I think it's, it's going to depend on just how lengthy the process is and how strong the recommended punishments are that even if he's not run off, he might choose to walk away rather than deal with what's coming next. If there's, you know, heavy, uh, heavy punishments uh, that are that are outlined. However, that all shakes out. It was quite a turn of events. Michigan went from we yes. will pull out every legal maneuver recourse we have available Absolutely. to defend our coach to mm-hmm. we'll accept the suspension. So <laughs> there is more to come. Three games, not so bad. <laughs> Speaking of those three games, Darren, as was mentioned a, a minute ago, Ohio State and Michigan play in one of the fiercest college football rivalries that we have. And we appreciate this mm-hmm. game, even if we don't cover this conference, because of the, the sheer emotion and the hatred between the two programs. What happens? This is a topic of discussion in Ohio State circles this week. What happens if Ryan Day cannot lead Ohio State to a victory against Michigan, even with Jim Harbaugh absent on the sideline? You know, the the interesting thing is the amount of heat Ryan Day takes every single time he loses a big game. I mean, it is, I, I, I cannot and will not make myself feel bad for someone on the Ohio state sideline. So I'm not even insinuating that, (laughs) but it is interesting to watch. It does not matter what the game is. Uh, Every single time he loses a big game, there's this instant, uh, you know, just coming down on him of, of, well, yeah, he can win us 10 games a season, which, uh, yeah, cry me a river. Come, you know, c- come be a Vanderbilt fan and whine <laughs> to me about repetitive 10 win seasons. All right. But anyway, yeah, he can win us 10 win seasons, but he can't win the big game. And, and if, if they don't even make it to the point of playoff or conference championship or, uh, you know, being in the, the, even in the national championship and they lose this game without the other team's head coach on the sidelines, I think it'll be really interesting to see just how loud the noise gets and if it reaches a higher pitch, you know, more of a fever pitch than we've seen even in the past. I think that's a real possibility because for whatever reason that, like I said, that's been a thing almost from the very beginning, uh, you know, after the first couple of seasons. So that'll be, that'll definitely be interesting to watch. I realize it would cause a very unlikely alliance, but 
what a moment of sheer brilliance if Michigan would have Lou Holtz as an honorary coach for this game. <laughs> that would be fantastic. But I also think you're right. That's a very unlikely alliance. I don't know. I don't know that that'll happen. <laughs> However, a common enemy makes for strange bedfellows. That's exactly right. That's very Let's true. get into our week 12 takeaways from this past weekend. As we survey all the action in the SEC, we come up with some takeaways from the weekend. And Darren, what was your first takeaway? Well, I, with both of my takeaways this week, I'm going to focus on people that are going to enjoy Thanksgiving and people that most likely aren't going to enjoy Thanksgiving. And I'll start with a negative so I can end on the positive. My first takeaway is looking at the events of the la this last week, you know, this last weekend, I think there are three people that really stand out is they're not going to have a very good Thanksgiving week. The first one is the sound guy at the University of Tennessee. I mean, you've got Dolly Parton being walked out onto the stage by Peyton Manning. I mean, that is the two of them in Knoxville at Neyland together. That is probably the closest moment we'll ever have in the South of, you know, King Charles's coronation that everybody <laughs> went so nuts over. That's pretty much royalty rolling out together, the king and the queen of, of East Tennessee, at least in, in Knoxville. And she gets just a little bit into the, the song, singing Rocky Top, and, and the mic cuts out. Didn't hurt my feelings. But the people in, in Tennessee were apparently very upset about it. So whoever that sound guy is, he is not having a very good Thanksgiving week. Then my other two are from Auburn. First of all, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts. When the Saturday before Thanksgiving involves a team being paid $1.8 million to come in and drop 414 yards at a 6.4 yards per play with 23 first downs and 100% on fourth downs, that is not the way to start your Thanksgiving week. Unfortunately for Ron Roberts and his defense, they are not having a very good Thanksgiving week. And on the same sideline, Hugh Freeze uh, to be building the momentum that they were building and then turn around and lose this game to New Mexico State. But what makes it even worse for Hugh Freeze, this football season so far and all of last year, there were two games, there have been two games that a double-digit favorite suffered a double-digit point spread loss. Those two games, last Saturday, a Hugh Freeze coached Auburn loses by double digits to New Mexico State. Last season, a Hugh Freeze coached Liberty loses in double digits to New Mexico State. So he is having a compounded, not a compounded loss, not very good. Thanksgiving week. And from an Auburn perspective, on top of all of it, you take all of that into the Iron Bowl. That, that, that can't help much. But so that's my that's my first takeaway. <laughs> How about you, Ben? I'm going to College Station for my first takeaway. It was a somber weekend in terms of remembering the bonfire that resulted in the deaths of, mm. of uh, college students and others. There was a, a reflection about that event, uh, sad event, tragic event uh, throughout the weekend. 
And then in what I thought was an incredible moment, uh, Texas A&M, they have a 12th man kickoff unit, which is comprised everyone, every player on that unit is a walk-on. And they sent them out on the field. And not only did they go out on the field, they recovered a fumble. They forced a fumble and then they recovered it. That's awesome. So a great moment. Walk-ons don't get yep. much much publicity at all. They're not in the limelight. They do the grunt work. Uh, they, they're they showing up on scout teams. They're, they're doing all the things mm-hmm. that basically the, the low man on the totem pole does, so to speak. And for them to get to go out there and not only to go out there, but to make a play like they did. I thought it was a great moment for walk-ons everywhere. So, so kudos to Texas A&M during a time of transition, having just released their, their head football coach. Uh, I thought it was a great moment. Great. You got another takeaway? I do. I've got another one. I started out with people that aren't having a very good Thanksgiving. Now I want to talk about people that are, obviously having a a fantastic Thanksgiving week. The number one on my list is our buddy, Sam Pittman. I am so excited for him that he was given that, not just a vote of confidence, because sometimes that can be a death nail, but a definitive statement of he will be here next year. Obviously that creates a very good Thanksgiving week for him, sets the team up to try to find some success this weekend. Number two is the head coach at Tennessee, Josh Heupel. He plays Vanderbilt Saturday in Knoxville. How how can he not be having a good week? Let's let's be honest. And then number three, uh, you know, there's been he's been a topic of conversation for several years, but this Thanksgiving, Jimbo <laughs> is sitting on one of his multiple ranches. Apparently, he now has in the state of Texas, counting money, and does not have a care in the world what any sports reporter alumni or fan thinks about him. I think Jimbo is going to have a pretty good Thanksgiving this year. So that's, that's my three people that are enjoying Thanksgiving are going to enjoy it. Wouldn't it be, you got another takeaway? Wouldn't it be something if Jimbo and coach O became friends and started hanging out at beach resorts together? (laughs) It would be a party. (laughs) That's for sure. My takeaway is Jaden Daniels assuming the odds on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. He's got a a big game coming up against a a top 10 defense this Saturday. And we'll talk about that a little later. Basically his final chance to solidify his front runner status. But think about this after 11 games uh, with the strength of schedule that he's played against, which is far greater than any other Heisman contender. He's he's played against a top 10 strength Mm -hmm. of schedule. He's, he's number one in total yards in the NCAA, number one in passing touchdowns, number one in total touchdowns, number one in yards per game, number one in yards per play, number one quarterback rating. Uh, it's just he he is distancing himself. And, and, yeah, we can argue, well, he was padding his stats against Georgia State. Well, Bo Nix padded some stats against Portland State. Let's be honest about it. If we're going to call out one, we're going to call out the other one. And Jane Daniels continues to operate at an incredibly high level. And I think we may have mentioned this last week, Darren, without Jane Daniels this year, LSU may be looking at a five or six loss season. 
Absolutely. So he, he continues to impress. And, 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 you know, going with the padding and stats things, he even does that on the next level because there's padding your stats, and then there's eight offensive possessions that result in eight offensive touchdowns, all of which you are responsible for, either throwing or running. That's next level padding your stats. You know, that's not two touchdowns, 350 yards passing or 450 yards passing, padding your stats. That's next level. That's just almost beyond comprehension, padding your stats. <laughs> yeah, he leads the NCAA in yards that are 20, uh, plays that are 20 yards or more. And he has more than wow. both USC and Washington as, as teams, as just so quite wow. quite impressive that what he's doing this year. Yep. This week, our third takeaway: we're combining on the third one to to talk about the current AP Top Twenty Five. Now, we base these rankings on the AP Top Twenty Five, and we try to stay as current as possible. But please note that these shows are released on Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning. So if you're listening on Friday or Saturday or the Sunday following particularly the Sunday following the rankings could have changed. And you may look at it and say, what is going on here? Well, that that's what has happened. So currently, currently as of this Tuesday, November 21st, Georgia is the number one ranked team in the country and deservedly. So they are, they've raised their level of play in the past few weeks, which is unreal. Texas coming in at seventh. If they win this week, they will play in their final SEC or not SEC final Big Twelve championship game. <laughs> Alabama coming at number eight. This is going to be a terrific game. Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship. Oh, definitely. The Missouri Tigers, who have suddenly, if they could, they would coin the expression fourth and seventeen. Because, wow, what yes, an incredible <laughs> play to pull out the victory against Florida. Ole Miss mm-hmm. comes in at number 12. 12, number 12, number 12. 12th is not a number. <laughs> number 12. It is a night of Christmas. It, it, 12th is a night of Christmas. But well, <laughs> you know, speaking of that, the, the 12 days of Christmas, Christmas is the first of the 12 days. Oh, Epiphany is the 12th day. And then we start Mardi Gras. Well, there you go. But I thought you were a Thanksgiving guy. Why are you bringing up Christmas? I thought you were all about Thanksgiving. It's a 12th. There's not a 12th day of Thanksgiving, or I would be about that. (laughs) Go back to your turkey and yams or whatever you eat. (laughs) There could be a 12th day of turkey. I mean, depending on if you freeze it or not, I guess. (laughs) But they are coming in as a 12th ranked team in advance of the Egg Bowl this Thanksgiving night coming Mm -hmm. up this Thursday. Oklahoma comes in at 13th, a hard fought win against BYU, one that surprised a yep. lot of people, but Dylan Gabriel was knocked out. Yep. It was an early start in a different time zone. Uh, OU was able to overcome the adversity, 13th. LSU coming in at 14th after the victory against Georgia State. Tennessee tumbles to number 25. So those are the SEC teams. And again, we're claiming OU and Texas already in the AP Absolutely. top 25. So let's go to this week in sports history. Thanksgiving, nineteen seventy. 
40 live turkeys were dropped from a helicopter onto the unsuspecting patrons of the Pinedale shopping mall. The turkey drop was an attempted promotion by Cincinnati Rock and Roll Station WKRP and its general manager, Arthur Big Guy Carlson. Station news anchor Les Nesman provided the play-by-play as the fiasco unfolded. Something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's a dark object, perhaps a skydive. A second, a third, no parachute yet. They're turkey. DJ Dr. Johnny Fever summed the event up as a mall being bombed by live turkeys. General Manager Carlson was later quoted as saying, I thought it would work. I thought turkeys could fly. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Oh, the humanity. What a classic, classic episode from WKRP in Cincinnati. Absolutely. I thought turkeys as could God fly. is my witness. What, what, a, what a great episode still oh, all these years later. Man, absolutely. Well, we know that turkeys can't fly, but you may wonder if we yeah, know sure. that or not based on some of the predictions that we make and analysis that we give and commentary. So let's get into our CBS Sports Pick'em. Remember that you can still have time to join. We're almost done with this. We're heading quickly into bowl season, but there's still time for you to be a part of this, and we'd love you to join. Go to CBS Sports, Bruin Shavers, uh, Pick'em, and uh, you can sign up that way. And we will do a bowl pick'em this year, just like we have the last couple nice. of years. There will be that'll that'll probably be ESPN that we'll just put out a link and people can join in. Uh, the ESPN bowl, Capital One bowl, whatever their thing is, but but we'll definitely uh, do that uh, again uh, this year, like we've done it. No, 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 no. Will we get flagged for? Will we get nice. flagged for that? Is that copyright infringement? I think it was less than eight seconds. I it think probably didn't even sound like it. They're going to be like, that didn't even sound like what we do. These guys, these guys. Have, it did not register. Who are these guys? These guys are idiots. It's not the first time we've heard that. But anyway. Well, let's move on to four down territory. You're in four down territory. Darren, as we head into this post-Thanksgiving holiday weekend, who is your sure thing pick this weekend? I think I'm going to have to embrace the Empire and go with... Exactly. (laughs) I am going with Coach Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. I think they are the sure thing this weekend. How about you, Ben? You convert fourth and 17 at the end of the game. I'm going to go with you the rest of the season. (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) So we have a unanimous sure thing pick this week. We are, we are, you, you, uh, united behind the Missouri Tigers and Eli drink with, how about your upset pick? 
if you would have asked me if I was going to make this, if I would ever have made this pick five weeks ago, I would have laughed at you uh, and said, no way in this world. Uh, don't you think more of me than that? That being said, and in spite of how horribly bad my upset pick went last week, uh, <laughs> I am going to go with South Carolina against Clemson. Now, it scares me a little bit that they pulled off the upset last year, but also at the same time, that gives me a little fuel to the fire because South Carolina under Coach Beamer is now eight and three in the month of November. There is something to be said for that. And I think they're going to continue to show that they finish strong, pull off the upset, take out Clemson for the second consecutive year. How about you, Ben? What's your upset? Or who's your upset? Ooh, pick? There were some, uh, some great choices out there. I thought for a second, um, yep. maybe, maybe Auburn. I mean, Alabama runs a different offense than New Mexico state. So maybe that's a valid point. <laughs> and I thought about saying that just to, just to poke, poke the bear or poke. <laughs> I guess it would be poke the elephant. It would be poke the elephant. That is correct. But that is absolutely ludicrous. I'm not going to do that. No. Uh, <laughs> then I thought about, well, one single win could salvage Vanderbilt's dismal season. Could it happen? <laughs> That's <Maybe>. true. <laughs> but as you said, we're not no. yet to th- <laughs> we're not to the point of Christmas miracles yet. That's right. <laughs> and college football is not a Hallmark Christmas movie. It is not. So no, no, I think Tennessee is going to take care of business. Yep. So Hmm. I thought about the Egg Bowl, and I really was tempted to pick Mississippi State because that's such a great game every year. It's at Starkville. Every Will year. Rogers mm-hmm. is playing. He's back. And then I thought, well. Could be his last Egg Bowl. Could be. one. And then I decided, yeah. boy, Florida played so well against Missouri. All they had to do was Very stop true. a fourth and 17. What are the chances? That's what are the chances that Florida State converts a fourth and seventeen against Florida? Now Jordan Travis a horrific injury, and we we hate to see we hate to see that. So Florida Florida State's got their backup quarterback. They're still an incredibly strong team. If Florida wins, though, they become bowl eligible. Which would be an incredible story. I have trusted Billy Napier before with my pick, and he's he's let me down. And what's the old saying? <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Fool me. Or, are you me. shame on, fool me twice, shame on me. Twice, shame on me. There you go. That's well, it. this yeah. has got to be the third or fourth time. And so I have to say clearly <laughs> and unequivocally, Coach Napier, if you guys do not upset Florida State after I pick you, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. That was well done, just for the record. How about how about brown bag for this week? You know, man, if you are building the momentum that Auburn is building, and then you let a New Mexico State albeit a strong New Mexico State team that's probably going to be their conference champion. They, you know, they're what nine and two or whatever. 
still, you're an SEC team playing at home against New Mexico State, and you don't just let them slip up and beat you like happened with Appy State, you know, last year. And they are was that is that Appy State? No, it wasn't. Appy State beat North Carolina, but similar to that, you know, it's a last second win, whatever. It wasn't one of those. It was a beating. That is a serious Hugh Freeze and all of Auburn brown bag moment. Uh, the War Eagle turned into the Peace Treaty Eagle. Man, it was not. It was not good. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Maybe I should have said the War Eagle flew into the stadium carrying an olive branch. Maybe that's what is that is that any better? <laughs> I'm trying to picture the peace eagle in my mind. <laughs> I think it involves a uh, no, nothing I've said was gonna make sense. I'm just gonna skip yeah. it. Never mind. <laughs> it's all right, Darren. We all have such moments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How about you? What's your While we're being bag? transparent, every time I see the brown bag graphic on the screen, the first thing I visualize is a potato. I don't know why. <laughs> I can see but that. I'm like, why is Darren putting a potato up on the screen again? And right now, as we're speaking about it, I can guarantee you there are eyes and a mouth and a nose like a Mr. Potato Head popping up on the bag. <laughs> That will be there. <laughs> I am going to join you yet again and share your brown bag pick because Auburn, what just an embarrassing Oof. performance. That is rough. As the old saying goes, R-U-F-F -F, rough. That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> well, let's move on to our post-game quote of the week. What do you have for us, Darren? Well, you know, we've talked about uh, Jaden Daniels quite a bit. Brian, Daniel, uh, Brian Daniels, wow, that is a not his name. Brian Kelly uh, has talked. Have you about already had your turkey? Have you, is this part of the the turkey hangover? The trip to the trip to fan is kicking in. <laughs> If I just fall out of frame, just keep going. I'll pop hey, back I, up. But <laughs> I, I'm going to ask ask one of our interns in studio. Hey, get get Darren some sweet iced tea. He needs it right now. Okay, make it make it. I like, need a Just bring up. him the pitcher. <laughs> Brian Kelly uh, is talking even more about Jaden Daniels as he should be, uh, but this week's press conference. Had a little interesting moment uh, that he dealt with and handled really, really well and turned out to be a pretty funny moment. So we've got a, a cross between a funny moment and hearing his enthusiasm uh, and excitement about talking about Jaden Daniels and the kind of season he is having. More than anything else, his decisiveness in throwing the football. When you're 25 for 30, um, throwing the football, the decisiveness and the decision-making has to be that way, and, and that's what you're seeing. Did you want to come on up here? Come on up. Come on up. It's okay. I, you, I don't want you to fall again, so you're doing good. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Mason. Mason? Good to meet you, Mason. Come here. Great job. Great job. Try to keep your head. All right. Try to keep it down. 
All right. Well, keep, keep trying to do it. You're not doing such a good job. Uh, but decisiveness is, is really the most important thing for me as, as to what I've seen. <laughs> the guy apparently, uh, just listen to some other people describe it and read a few other things about it. The guy apparently was walking up toward the front to do something. He's part of like an LSU kind of media staff or something like that and just caught his foot on a cable on a table leg or something and just did a complete face plant just basically right there in the front of the room and and it it seems to me in that moment that brian kelly was trying to to de-escalate it and draw some of attention just make make the attention a little bit more on him and i and i felt like the, the guy handled it well you know said he'd try to keep it down to me that was a very funny exchange i enjoyed that when i saw mm-hmm. it and Coach Kelly was trying to seem to diffuse the situation to. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes we miss those attempts at humor, but I think it was all in in good humor and he was trying to be helpful in that moment. So. And and you can hear everybody in the room uh, busting up or or cutting up and laughing about it because he apparently that's one of the things he's kind of known for with the, the press as as long as you're in good favor, you know, <laughs> he, he's been known to have an issue <laughs> with a press person, but if for the most part, laugh and cut up and very personable. So uh, that was a very, very fun moment to, to, to see him enjoy and, and everyone there in the room. Definitely. Enjoy. Definitely. That's a good one. So remember to make yeah. your picks this week uh, to subscribe and, and have your friends subscribe. It, we, it really helps us out. Like and comment on episodes mm-hmm. New episodes drop every Tuesday. You can watch us here on YouTube or listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And hey, if you come across Dell Griffith in your life, remember that may not be just a, a random occurrence. Maybe you are meant to invite Dell Griffith to your house for Thanksgiving. So be kind, <laughs> be compassionate, <laughs> be generous, and take care until we see you next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is so important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or a text to our text line 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. See you next week.